Win stacks of cash by entering the 150K Crack the Code giveaway. Brought to you by your local paper, now through July 14th. Look for the code on page A2. Then visit 150kgiveaway.com and submit your entry. You could win the grand prize of $100,000. Grab the paper every day. Get the code on page 2A and improve your chances to win tons of weekly cash prizes. Visit 150kgiveaway.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy, a belated happy 4th of July. I'm Mike Arace in the studio with Jacob Myers, a true beat writer. Cal Robertson's on vacation. He's out of state too, isn't he? I think so. I lose track of the vacations he's on. Generally speaking. He deserves it. I don't say he deserves it. And we should acknowledge that the Save the Crew folks, a lot of their executive staff, if you can call them executives, were the not-so-grand marshals of the Duda Parade yesterday in the short north. And the Twitter was spectacular. And there's some pictures in uh, your Columbus Dispatch. So order up your copies now. That's the Columbus Dispatch, the Ohio's greatest home newspaper, at dispatch.com, at dispatch alerts on Twitter. We'll get right to it, Jacob. You have some news from um, what's been a, a very busy front office since we last met. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to stop either. So they just today signed Aloy Room, who's the Curacao National Goalkeeper, has 160 appearances, 159 starts with PSV Eindhoven. I hope I pronounced that correctly, of the Dutch top division. So there's the Zach Steffen replacement, at least for now. You know, we've been saying this, the coaching staff and the front office, they're going to be very busy and not shy to make some moves. And then they also, you know, last week signed, or I guess that was earlier this week, signed Luis Diaz, a Costa Rican winger on a $1 million transfer fee for two and a half seasons and then two club options after that. And also got Romario Williams in a trade with Atlanta. Diaz is a young designated player. And I think that mostly has to do with the transfer fee that they paid to get him here. So like Milton Valenzuela, I think there's a good chance that both of them are not listed at designated players next year. So that would be Pedro and Jossie Zardes. And then obviously they could buy down Pedro with Tam and, and get another designated player there. But he's 20 years old, already kind of a fringe Costa Rican national guy. I don't think he's a guy that will have an immediate impact as in be a top goal scorer. But he, I think he fits the profile that Caleb Porter and the front office are looking for and, and definitely a guy they can develop and a guy who can stretch the defense. As far as Romario Williams, he just kind of fits that profile again and can be the backup to Jossie Zardes. So if you're looking at that forward group too, I think you're seeing that you have four guys there and the one that probably doesn't fit the profile is Patrick Mullen. So we'll see if he might be on the move to get some allocation money or an international roster spot back to the crew. So what are they saying about all this? We wanted to bring in help immediately because the team's struggling or is this short-term slash long-term or these are positions we've identified that need bolstering and that's why we're doing it? What is the explanation? Caleb Porter, what, what's your take on it? Yeah, Caleb Porter said it's not reactionary to what they're going on here. I believe that for the most part, I I think I would say it's reactionary from the standpoint of they've just been evaluating what they currently have and they see what they don't. So then they're making the moves. In terms of reactionary of, oh, we've lost a ton of games. We We need to make moves now. I don't think that's the case. They've long said they need a winger. This isn't like the big 
big designated player signing that I don't even know if that'll happen this transfer window or offseason, but it's immediate help for sure, especially with David Akam going after after the end of the year. Luis Diaz is a younger type of profile, almost like David Akam, probably a bit more physical. As far as Romario Williams, he's a guy that has played for the Jamaican national team, just didn't get a chance in Atlanta, and it gives time for J.J. Williams to maybe develop a little bit more. He's shown some promise, obviously, in these two starts that he's had, but Romario Williams has a little more experience, if you will, and can just allow that time for J.J. to develop naturally. What are the nuts and bolts of the actual transfers? In terms of... When? 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 Yeah, so it opened, the window opens July 9th. Romario Williams is already here. Right. And they can all train with the team, watch film, do anything with the team. They just can't play in games. So this game Saturday against Seattle at Moffray Stadium is the last game before the transfer window opens. So I would assume Romario Williams will be in the lineup, or maybe not the starting lineup, but at least available for selection the following game after the window opens for Diaz. He's still not here with the club, and Caleb Porter said he doesn't quite know when he'll be here yet. It depends on getting a work visa or, or whatever the league kind of requires for international players. All right. I tend to agree to, with you. It, it sounds to me like this is what they're going to do this year, you know. Absolutely. Um, then wait till uh, the gentlemen return, the two gentlemen return home from the from the uh, CONCACAF Gold Cup, Zardis and Will Trapp. Stefan's gone, obviously. And make their run. Um <laughs> or at least try to. <laughs> and what was it the not Orlando game? Were you at the you were at the Orlando game? The the one before that is when Caleb Porter said something about Jossi Zardes and his play with the national team at that point. He had two goals the night before and he said, you know, when we get back he'll be riding confidence and I hope it's just not too late. Well, they've lost two games since then and they're just that much further back. If they make a run to make the playoffs, that's remaining to be seen. But, you know, with these players in here, it should at least be a somewhat exciting finish to the season. At least supporters hope. Well, if it keeps going like it is. It's not very exciting if it keeps going like it is. This is a true fact. The hell is real is taking on a literal definition uh, as the crew and the FC Cincinnati's are at the very bottom of the Eastern Conference standings. The crew with five wins, 12 losses, two ties, 17 points, 16 for, 28 against. Yeesh. And the Cincinnati's uh, three, 13, and two with 11 points. I don't think the crew will be catching them for last place. That would take a lot, a lot of work in the second half of the season. It would take two losses to Cincinnati to do it. Yeah. Well, I guess it's within the room. <laughs> um, 15 goals for. 42 against. You know, there's the old, we've heard it for 20-some years now, half the teams make the playoffs, and even as the league expands, um, you know, those three-point games are literal in MLS. Uh, you string together two, three wins, uh, and, and you can get yourself right back in the race. Um, I, I don't, there's nothing to indicate that this team that's uh, now won 10 and 1 in its last 12, or won 11 and 1 in its last... Won 11 and 1. In its it, last, 13. last 13, yeah. Uh, with another shutout, was that the ninth shutout of the season? I've, I think it was. I've honestly lost count at this point. I tried to tally it up as I, I was writing. So they've been shut out nine times in uh, nineteen games, including uh, during the streak. Uh, I think eight times during the streak. So this one eleven and one streak, not good. But they're busy. The stadium, per usual, is starting to fill up at this point of the year, uh, as it has traditionally. Um, there were close to 18,000 for the game against Orlando when Ziggy went into the 
Circle of Honor. That was a touching ceremony. Uh, and they're expecting a, a decent crowd for Saturday night when Seattle, which uh, which is a good draw, generally speaking, comes to town. And, you know, some people have raised the question, why, why didn't they do the Ziggy thing um, against Seattle against Seattle this Saturday and instead do it against Orlando um, in their previous home game? That's and, interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Well, the, the reason, it, it seems natural, but the, the reason was they had to make a call at a point at a certain point, and when they made the call, they were looking at what their group sales were and how the uh, the games were trending toward ticket sales. And they wanted to they wanted a, 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 a they wanted a good they wanted a good uh, a crowd. And they got it. And and they got it. And and at that point, when they had to make the call, um, Orlando looked like the game to do it. And uh, Again, because traditionally it was a, it was a big group sales game, and this is you know a time of year when when the stadium starts to fill up. But when they had to make a call, it was trending better than Seattle. Um, that's kind of changed a little bit. Seattle's the Seattle pre-sales doing very well. At least that's what's that's my understanding of the the situation. So for the folks that were wondering about it, as I was at a certain point, but that that is uh, generally speaking the answer. Uh, and to kind of finish up on those transfers. Oh, please. Uh, Luis uh, Diaz is going to... How's the goalie? He, you know, he's got international experiences and was in the Dutch League. I, I think that is kind of the profile you might be looking for. Plenty of experience can jump right in. Did he play against uh, the United States on, on the last day of June there? He did. Um, in the quarterfinals of the Gold Cup? Correct. Yeah, that would be the quarterfinals, yes. And, and i got to go back and watch that game now. Um, but going to go back and watch it, folks. Patrick, Patrick Flaherty, are you going to go back and watch that I'm, game? That's a, that's a negative from, from the producer. You can, you, you can watch it with me, Patrick. But, yeah, so the, Luis Diaz will uh, occupy an international spot. And now the crew have to acquire one for uh, Aloy Room, their new goalkeeper. And then any other international player they get in the future, they're going to have to acquire an international spot as well because all of them are taken up when Diaz gets here. So uh, that that's remaining to be seen, how they kind of do that, and they'll have to do that before either of them play. Also news, Milton Valenzuela gets his green card. They they announced that yesterday, I believe, on the 4th. Um, so when he comes back, he doesn't occupy an international spot right now because he's on the season-ending injury list. But when he comes back next year, he will not occupy an international spot. So that that's some encouraging news for the crew as well just opens up another spot for them to acquire additional talent so what give us the injury situation right now i mean uh, the whole injury situation i know some of it's wrote by this point but just sure go, go ahead so with this last game will be this will be the last game without will trap jossie zardes and then obviously iguain's out and Mensa too is is on. Men, good point. He is in the African Nations Cup. Correct. Yeah, with Ghana. So you have your starting number six, your defensive midfielder, your center back, and your striker out. You got the banners, as they say. At the banners. Five of the six banners, oh, or whatever it was. That was. And then shouldn't have said that. Federico Iguain, David Akam is out with a thigh injury. I thought it was a hamstring at first, but does he have a banner? He does not have a okay, banner. He's not a banner. He's not going to be around long enough for them to right. even well, make one. I was just one. wondering because the banners seem to be looming here. David Akam, Federico Iguain, Harrison Offal finally fully back now. Does he have a banner? He does not have a banner. Oh, wow. He should have a banner. Um, I'm trying to think. Josh Williams, uh, he's questionable for this game against Seattle. Foot injury. Does, does he have a banner? No banner. He doesn't have a banner. David Guzman, no banner. Uh, he injured his knee against 
what was there? Real Salt Lake. So Real Salt Lake. I mean, I, I went through it in my head. In the Orlando game, they were missing seven of their normal 11 starters. And then this past game was five of their 11. I think people can complain about the results. And we've talked about this, Mike. We don't have to labor on it anymore. But, I mean, that's half of your lineup. Imagine a baseball lineup getting half the guys, bench players, or triple A. The question is, is he getting the most out of what he has? I think he's still trying to figure out what he has. Okay. Because those reserve players just uh, haven't gotten the games. Banners, the banners killing him. Is, is Real Salt Lake, when do they have to change their name? Because it's it's ridiculous. God, five years ago? Real Salt Lake. What, what would you make it? I don't know. Just something him, more fun, right? Well, I mean. Put an FC at the end of it. Put, put it United. in front and in the back or something. I don't know. It's got to be something. can't be Real, you know? It, Real was, it it's was supposed Utah. to be Royal. Right, but doesn't it mean like Royal? So it kind of fits with like the Mormon church being there. I don't know. But like Inter-Miami, it's supposed to be international. So that makes sense for Miami. I'm learning a lot about soccer as we go along in this well, that's season. that's good. That's good to know. We're good. That's, that's, that's good. The soccer writer's learning a lot about soccer. So when, when all these guys come back, Mike, what, what do you need to see immediately from this team to put more validity maybe to what Caleb Porter, the coaching staff, has been saying about, well, when we get these guys back, um, people got to look at that, or just that this team could, I don't know, win some games down the stretch and at least make it kind of close to get in? The question to me is not that he's saying anything that's not valid. That's not the point. The point to me is these are the players you have, and uh, if I'm one of those players and he's essentially denigrating me week after week, how am I putting out for the coach? I, I just I, – that's a, a – Toxic is too strong a word, but I, I just don't. I, that's being mishandled, I, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, I mean, you don't. But there's validity to him saying, and this isn't. I'm not trying to defend him in any way. I think you're right that that can come you, off you the, the about, wrong way. You talk about that in November, about or January. Players not getting it done. Yeah, you talk about that in November or January. Who you have out? You don't talk about it in the middle of the season. That's that's just me. I'm a little old school. Um, but but there it is. Uh, let me see what else is on the docket here. Um, the U.S. Curacao game was a one nothing victory by the United States, obviously, and that leads them to the. Well, they won the semifinal. That's correct. They, they that was a quarterfinal game. Um, they beat. Uh, part, they beat. Who did they beat in the semis? Jamaica in the semifinals. That's right. That 3-1. Just the other night. That was a quite a night of soccer. It's hard as completely with blue one wide. Yeah. Wide well, open shot. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it was not pretty. It uh, it fueled the flames a that's little a, bit. That's a banner, too. He's got a banner. Does he have a banner? Oh, yeah. He's got I think a he banner. has a banner. Yeah. He missed that shot. But a 3-1 to one victory, uh, and they move on to the final against Mexico. Mexico... Doesn't have all of its best players. But being chatted up as the favorite in the game to oh, be played sure. at, at Soldier Field at 9 o'clock. More importantly, Sunday night. World Cup. Sunday final. night. Well, I'm getting to that. Stop stepping on the moderator. Uh, at 11 a.m. Sunday in Paris, uh, the Netherlands will play the U.S. women for the World Cup. And I believe this is their fifth consecutive final for the women. You, you would know more than I would. In any case... Uh, um, the world's dominant team, Netherlands, uh, needed extra time to, to beat Sweden in their semifinal. And the U.S. women, a nice W over, over England uh, in their semifinal. So 
11 o'clock, the Women's World Cup final, uh, United States against the Netherlands. And uh, at uh, 9 o'clock, the CONCACAF Gold Cup final, the United States against Mexico. And it's always fun when the Stars and Stripes and El, Stri- and El Tri get together with, a, with, a, with anything on the line. Um, so, yeah, that would be uh, – you'll be taping those? Yes. You're watching the goalies? Yeah, f- sure. All right. All right. I I got nothing else. I mean, because any any other should we go over what Caleb Porter's statements were about the ref officiating after the game? I guess that that's fair. I mean, JJ Williams, that was a good run into the box and So what I don't know. I just don't know the rule as well as I probably should cuz he so steps zero, up 0-0. Zero. It's early in the first half in the real of the Salt Lake by the city near the Tabernacle in Sandy. All of these things are fairly accurate and jj williams nice run into the box abubakar keda great ball out of the back yes it was uh and uh he williams is tripped up the question is whether the the goalkeeper touched the ball or not it looked like on replay he did not he jj steps on his hand yes. and then it looks like the other hand of Ramondo, the keeper makes contact with the back of williams boot did you think it was a penalty upon replay uh i was i was uh torn um i was too my, but uh, my after watching, I said, "Yeah, that's a penalty." Yeah. Watching it live, and I think I think Neil and Dwight kind of called it. I agreed with their call. Watching it uh, at full speed for the first time, you say, "No, that's not a penalty," uh, because it looked like he had to get ball, and then you needed like three slow motion replays where you where you say, "Gee, he really didn't get get the ball," and now you get to the question: Well, if you have VAR and you use it there, how do you, how do you get it wrong? So what did Caleb Porter say? He said that essentially it was the wrong call, and he said it, it's a 1-1 game. So, I mean, he's then assuming J.J. Williams make that, but you're betting on a striker, and strikers should make that, or who, whoever who, ends up taking who it. Who would have taken the kick? I think, who would you, I would probably I, I would go with Kyle. Kyle, yeah, but he, Kyle's on vacation. That's true. So, and he, he doesn't have a shield either. Um, yeah, I would go with Pedro Santos probably in that situation. You're saying you, you, the shield, should have taken the kick? No, I, I should not have. Is that taken what you the were kick. intimating? Absolutely uh, okay, not. Not I'm, I'm not a striker, but I think I'd pick Pedro Santos there. Um, anyway, Caleb Porter said he called it like complete. It makes a complete mockery when he said the head ref Victor Rivas, who I believe I looked it up, had that was his third ever head officiating game in MLS and the VAR. Alan Kelly has done Champions League games, World Cup qualifiers, and over 100 to 200 MLS games. Um, Caleb Porter said that Rivas overturned the VAR. That's not incredibly clear. So the process is the VAR is in the booth looking at a play, and he or she in that case, but in this case he, Alan Kelly, he was communicating to Rivas that hey, you might want to look at this because it's you know a game-changing call or wh- however FIFA cr- um, characterizes and then he these went incidents. And looked, he went over and looked at it. He went over and looked at it, and we, we are not clear what the communication was like between Alan Kelly and, and Rivas on the field, but then Rivas looks at it, comes back, and says no penalty. And Caleb Porter said, I don't know how you can look at VAR and say it, um, say that's no penalty. But, I mean, to say that he overturned the VAR with a lot more experience than Rebus, that's not entirely 
clear. It might be true, but we don't know. It's just the VAR thinks a, po- a call might have been missed, so he recommends to go look at it. And the ref can either take the advice or the decision from the VAR at will and make the call or can look at it himself or herself. So does, does uh, Porter get fined for calling it a... This one, I'm not sure. A or a mockery or... I think this one is a little more... Um, is not as, you know, like demonstrably true in the eye when you look at the uh, Ted Uncle incident in DC United. I mean, I think everyone looked at that and said, you know, he kind of bailed himself out making a call there. So I I don't know. Um, What kind of made me laugh a little bit was when Porter was asked after the game about how he doesn't let this frustration kind of boil over. He said, I don't know. Maybe I should talk about it more. And, and he he's he just said, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of getting not getting respect around the league. And I think he made a valid point saying Zlatan or Rooney, they don't even go to VAR. They just call a penalty, which is something to say. But that's good. There's some possibly truth to that. It was a... Uh, got his back up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, look, things are tense right now. He's defending his team. I think it was a little unfair to say that Rivas, just because he doesn't have a ton of MLS head ref experience, can't make the correct call. But if he believes it's the penalty, then then so be it. Okay. That's all to really say there. Uh, the stadium stuff, the city council approved yes. $50 million. Earlier this week, yeah. Earlier this week. So, And that, they're still trying to acquire the land. That's for the uh, for the Mafre site. Correct. And and so that looks like it's being Columbus weighed right through the system there. It, it, things are, well, they're going to get the land, presumably. Um, from what I hear, it's just going up the channels at Nationwide, which is obviously a, it's a corporation. So uh, it's, it's got to go through some rungs there. And in any case, that, that looks like it's going to go down. But, you know, we'll, we'll keep track. Yep. Transfer window opens July 9th. Some of these guys are going to start playing. Things are going to be interesting over next month here. See what they do to try to make a run. Well, things have been very interesting already. Yeah, true. It's like it's the, the lack of scoring. Really, let's see. It just really it's a drag for the fans because sixteen goals for right now. Yes, sixteen goals for and like getting Jossie back. I think doesn't in, just in nineteen games. It that, do, it doesn't just help the crew in general. It helps people around him. Like Pedro Santos was playing really really well when Jossie was in there. You got to imagine that helps whenever David Akam's back. We're just droning it's, on it's, now. It's, it's everything we've, that we've, we've, shut we've this talked thing about. Patrick's giving us the wavy finger there, like wrap it up, and you know for once he's right. So for uh, Jacob Myers at. Jacob underscore Myers underscore 25 and the Podfather at the Podfather to Patrick Flaherty. I'm at Michael A. Race 1. Thanks for joining us for the Soccer Speakeasy today. And once again, a belated happy 4th. It was a, turned out to be a nice day. And maybe Saturday will be too. Patrick, kick us out of here. <laughs>